Today on the show, we meet a band of misfits that will change the course of the galaxy forever. Why are you talking like that? Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind some of our favorite universes. I'm the narrator. And I'm Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. What's up? It's me, Kevin. And I am joined by beautiful Jaden. We're going into a place not explored in the likes of Lore Party. The land of animated Star Wars children's cartoons. And I say children's cartoons with the biggest air quotes possible. Because Jesus Christ, some horrible shit happens on this program that children should not see. But I enjoy watching. You have so many hot takes on this. You've talked to me so many times about how you're like, it's not a kid's show. It's, I, I think, I've, I think I, when I pitched doing Clone Wars, I said one of my stipulations was, we need to have a segment called What War Crime Do They Commit Today? <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I had to pull up the Geneva Convention articles just to like make sure I got these right. God damn. We are so lucky we don't live in the Star Wars universe because apparently they don't have rules. They just, war is just a wild experience among the stars that you can do whatever you want with no consequences. They have cloning with no consequences, right? Technically. That's, yeah, that's true. So, anyways, welcome to Lore Party, everybody. Uh, this, is, this is new. We actually are uh, doing a, an on-camera segment here, too. This is, this is new for all of us. Normally, we have faces for radio, but uh, now we have faces <laughs> for uh, television? Question mark? Smartphone devices? I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, whatever. That thing in your pocket that you, you keep thinking is vibrating and then it's not because yes. you have Phantom Vibrate on. The Phantom, the Phantom Vibes are real. So this is going to be a new segment for the two of us. We're kind of doing this as a, as a mixture of two different uh, kind of shows here. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about The Bad Batch. That's going to be this specific episode and the next episode. Um, but it's also going to be part of a little Clone Wars thing that we're doing as well. Uh, we figured we'd start off this whole uh, segment with just, we're going to talk about the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars, their inter introduction and, and kind of where we as, yeah. as an audience meet them. It might be a little strange for us to start the Clone Wars conversation by jumping all the way to the last season, but they fucking released Clone Wars out of order anyways. So if anything, this is an homage to how fucked up they did their release order. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, before we get too into it, we're going to do our usual scheduled housekeeping. Um, we love to hear from you guys, our listeners, all of yous, all, and viewers now. I guess it's viewers too. I, I, it's, it's weird. We would love to hear from you. So email us at podcast at loreparty.com. With your thoughts, your questions, episode ideas, all that stuff, you might just hear it in another episode. We definitely will answer you. Um, we have a lot of time on our hands. You can find Kevin at In The Loop on Twitter and K Loops on Twitch and Instagram. And you can find Jaden over here at 
Mr. Jad J. J A D J A Y. And of course, you can connect with the Lore Party team on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at lore underscore party. Now, before we jump into the bad batch, we've got a bad batch of ads for you to listen to. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, now that that's out of the way, we're going to dive into the Bad Batch. But first, we want to clarify, this is the Bad Batch introductory episode in The Clone Wars. So if you haven't seen that, it is the first episode of the final season that they released on Disney+. Plus. If you have not seen that yet, please stop listening to this, stop watching this, stop absorbing this into your brainwaves however you are go watch that come back and absorb this all right now there are four episodes introducing the bad batch yes in clone wars again you can start this at any point in clone wars you don't have to follow really anything i mean if you've seen episode two and three of of like star wars episode two and three you, I mean, you'll understand any of like the real side stuff that's happening, so you don't really have to worry about it. But yeah, you can you can watch this without watching any of Clone Wars. It's okay. You'll be able to follow. Again, there's four episodes, so if you want to watch at least, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the first two episodes uh, of of this whole thing. But you are more than welcome to watch all four because we're gonna come out with the other two as well. Um, but before we get too crazy into the episode, let's talk about these guys. Yes. So, Jaden, what the hell are these guys? Okay, so if you've watched Star Wars, you know about the clone troopers. Uh, they are all genetic copies of Jango Fett. And they're all supposed to be exactly the same. But because the Kaminoans, the ones who clone the clone troopers, are fucking crazy people, they got bored. They said creating an army of millions of identical people is boring. What if we added in a little spice? What if we take the like bits and pieces of the of Django that make him unique and enhance just certain parts of it? Instead of enhancing all of it, they just said like, "Hey, what if we take little bits of certain elements of him and just and just crank that up to 11?" It's it's kind of implied that these guys are accidents. Um Sure, yeah, accidents. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's uh and their they, their official designation is Clone Force ninety nine. Now the reason they're called Clone Force ninety nine is because of the actual clone ninety nine, who is a defective clone, who served as uh, I guess a custodian or a caretaker on Camino. He was fucking. He died a hero. Died a soldier. As we salute you. And in his honor, they named themselves uh, Task Force ninety nine. However, they are known unofficially as the Bad Batch. So here is the thing about the Bad Batch. Each one of them has some sort of like differentiating feature, genetic feature. Like you said, cranked up to 11. Some of them got some stuff that were cranked down a little bit to make up for it. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about each one real quick. So because of all of this, they also are much more individualistic they they have a lot more of a, a, a this 
this individualistic aspect rather than being just straight copies and 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 you know like we do have like a, a nature nurture kind of situation with most of these clones in general this is they're pretty much their own person compared to being like a clone there's actually talk uh among they, they call them they call them the regs the regular troopers they don't really even see the bad batch as brothers because of how different they look compared to regular clones they often say you know like they're uh like well why, we don't work with regs because they don't like the regular clone troopers because they're just they think they're boring people who just stick to the script because these guys are just the epitome of improvisers. They are they're dropped in enemy territory by themselves and they get shit done. They are Star Wars's A team. And that becomes more more and more accurate as the new show The Bad Batch goes on. Uh but hey, you know what? Why don't we rattle on through them? Why don't we fire them off? Let's introduce The Bad Batch. So, first of all, we have their leader, Space Rambo, aka Hunter who literally is a copy of Rambo. His thing is, he has his senses genetically enhanced. Every sense. To the point where he can kind of sense almost like electromagnetic frequencies on an entire planet. Super, super intense senses. After him, we have Wrecker, who he just has immeasurable stature and strength. But... Kind of lacks in intelligence. Uh, that's the whole thing. We're going to 11 and then had to kind of ease off a little bit, you know, add a little bit too much paprika, take a little bit of salt out of there. Which is perfect because our next guy, you flip over, it's tech. He's the exact opposite. He has extremely high intelligence, but he's a bit on the scrawny side. And he has to have, he's got these, these, big, old, these big old nerd glasses on him. And then last but not least, we have crosshair i have a lot of takes on crosshair crosshair has heightened eyesight and marksmanship we'll get to that later this is the group this is the original and i will say that with air quotes here the original bad batch bad batch 1.0 so now that we've officially introduced this group to you let's get into it absolutely so the episode starts with the signature life lesson. I saw someone online saying this is the lesson that uh, Dave Filoni pulls out of his ass every episode. <laughs> Flips through his high school book of poetry, picks the one that he yeah. likes. Yeah. And this one says, uh, embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. Which is a perfect, perfect metaphor for the episode that we're about to watch. Uh, the first episode begins with uh, the Republic fighting the Separatists on the planet of Anaxis, which, fun fact, we actually see Anaxis in a later episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it is completely fucking blown up. Oof. So, Big oof. what the... F that's, that was always my question when I saw this episode. I was like, what happened to Anaxis? Why is it in pieces in, like, like 10 years down the road? Anyways, Anaxis is one of the Republic's largest shipyards. And it has a huge strategic advantage to anyone who can hold it or take it. And right now, the Separatists are winning. They are crushing the Republic, which is very strange. Anakin and Mace Windu are even sent in to help stop this takeover, and it's still not working. Here's the thing. The Republic is losing this fight, and they can't hold on because they're being defeated in every battle. 
So much so that the droids have now overrun the main production facility. And we see Rex come in to talk to Anakin and Mace Windu. And they 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 don't know what the hell's going on. They're kind of trying to figure out, like, why do we keep losing? And Rex comes in and explains that he thinks somehow the droid army has access to something. He doesn't know what, but he's they have access to something that analyzes their tactics and uses it against them. And, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, that's war. That's what you do. Well, and plus they're droids, so, you know, they would probably be able to recognize patterns. Yeah, exactly. But it's somehow becoming more of, like, a predictive situation. After a certain amount of time, the droid army is able to just predict what's going to happen next. And that, like, the counterattacks are so specific that the droids somehow just know Rex's playbook now. And that, that, he, he, that, that irks him the wrong way. He's like, something's up. That's not, yeah. like, normal even for, like, a droid. Well, and that kind of uh, lends credence to who Rex is as, as a commander because he's, he's, he's not even a commander. He's still the rank of captain, but he still has yeah. global battle strategies, which, yeah. you know, it, it, <laughs> God bless Rex finally getting his, his, ca- his commandership at the end of the frickin' war because he deserves it, man. Oh, yeah, totally. So they decide to send uh, Rex and a small group to infiltrate an intel facility that the Separatists are using to, like, replay information. Anakin senses something's up with Rex, but Rex isn't really opening up. He's like, ah, no, no, Commander, everything's fine. General, everything's perfectly all right. And we then see him later on. He's just sitting in his barracks looking at a picture of his old squad, including Fives and Echo. Cody comes in and starts talking to him, you know, like, hey, you know, what's going on? And he's kind of contemplating about how the war has just been taking people away from him. You know, he's lost fives, he's lost Echo. But then Cody says, yeah, I know, that's war. And he goes, no, you don't understand. I think, I think Echo is still alive. He goes, what? What do you mean? Well, the way the droids are countering everything, they're using old battle strategies that we drew up together. And Cody's like, that's crazy. He died on the Citadel. There's no way. Yeah. It- I found that really interesting that he, you know, has these battle plans that he came up with with another clone. Like, it wasn't, like, necessarily, like, training exercise plans that they already knew, like, that were in the books. Like, it was just the two of them, like, coming up with plans, almost improvising, in a way, their own battle strategic, like, ideas. And so, for him, it's like, oh, that's very specific for him. So... That's why he's like, hey, something, this is weird, you know? He, he, he gets that, like, feeling like something's, something's off, off, and that's kind of what pushes him, yeah. He ends up leaving the bunker with Cody and is like, hey, what force is going to be going with us? And Cody's like, ah, I called him in. I called in. Call in some favors. Clone Force 99. And here's the thing about these guys. They have 100% success rate yes and cody even says he's like they are the best but it's also kind of like how they win their battles that's a little bit you know unconventional as i guess clone wise which is funny because think about who he's saying that to he's saying that to captain rex who has to deal with anakin skywalker and ahsoka tano (laughs) on a daily fucking (laughs) basis yeah the the 
non-emotional Jedi, right? Uh-huh. Like, just fucking... Yeah. <laughs> he must be so tired. Rex is just so tired. <laughs> he has to deal with, like, everybody's shit, and it's, it's... I feel bad for the guy. So, these clones, like we said earlier, they're considered defective. But also have, like, all, of course, all these desirable mutations. And just as they're discussing this, a ship just comes rushing right through the airfield, almost crashes into people. Everybody's running around like, ah, get out of the way. Of course, Rex and Cody are, like, unfazed by this. No, they don't uh, care. But this is, yeah, this is our introduction to the Bad Batch. And later on, we, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll gain some members. We'll talk about that maybe in another episode. But for now, this is the team. This is the batch. They work very well together. So right off the bat, there is a bunch of tension between uh, the clones that Rex has picked for the squad versus the bad batch. Crosshair just keeps calling them regs, which he manages to say it like it's a slur, which is really funny to me because they're, they're all the same person. That's what gets me is like they're all literally the same person. But I mean, they're not, but they are. It's it's yeah, it's very it's weird. weird. It's weird here in Star Wars land. So right off the bat, there is tension between uh, the clones that Rex has picked for his squad and the Bad Batch themselves. Crosshair is calling them regs, you know, which is their 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 nickname. But it sounds like a, a slur that only they use on the clones, which is hilarious because they're all the same frickin. They're from the same guy, which Cody even has to come in and, and say, like, hey, guys, we're on the same team here. They're cool with Cody. I don't know what Cody yeah. did with them that makes them cool. Maybe we'll see that in a later episode of the Bad Batch, maybe a flashback of something to like show them on their missions together. I think it's because he treats them not different. Even they're they're, they're different, but he doesn't weird wording here. I feel like he treats them like a normal person would, you know, like the clones kind of treat each other like brothers, but also like they're, you know, a, a person. But like when a regular clone interacts with these guys, they are almost like off put by them and are like weirded out by them. And yeah. they like are mean to them almost like just like off the bat. Like that's a, it's like their natural response. Whereas Cody, I feel like Cody's, you know, they, he treats them like, normal like yeah you're just soldier like what's up and i think i think that's they they respect that and they like the fact that he doesn't treat them different than he would treat anybody else i yeah but he I mean, he doesn't really even have a reason to treat them differently you know like i don't it's very strange maybe they're maybe they don't see the bad batch as a necessary component maybe they're just seeing them as like excess soldiers who get away with stuff that they're not allowed to do. And maybe that's why there's that tension or that animosity. Yeah. I could see that being the reason, but I mean, maybe, maybe that's something that we will explore later. So the, on their way to the mission, they, you know, they get on a gunship. They don't take, uh, the bad batch of ship. They take a regular normal gunship, which by the way, there was a scene that was cut from this episode that has made its way on the internet circles. Um, the Bad Batch had a very interesting uh, ship decal on the side of their of their ship. It's not dick butt, is it? It's not dick butt. No, it's better. It is okay. a pinup of uh, of 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 Padme 
doing like a sexy girl pinup pose. Oh. Yeah. And and Anakin sees it and he's like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, that's the senator. We really like her. It should have stayed, but it's like a post Disney thing. So they, 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 that was like that you removed that you weren't okay with was apparently too much for them. And I, I just thought that was such a fun detail that like, they also have a crush on her. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Don't we all come on. So yeah, they take the gunship and, uh, it actually gets, uh, shot down and crashes into a valley. So this is where we get to see the Bad Batch spring into action, and we get to see some of their enhancements firsthand. Like, for instance, Wrecker, we said he was the big, tough, dumb, stupid guy. Boy, does he show the big, the big tough part, because he actually <laughs> picks up an entire fucking gunship and yeah. throws it off of Cody, who's been pinned down underneath of it. And they were like, because they were like, oh my god, we're going to have to get like a crane or something to get it off of him. And they're like, nah, we get, Wrecker's got this. It was funny, as soon as he picks it up, and and like throws it or whatever and he grabs cody he walks away and just goes boom and then it just explodes it just explodes like he's their demolitions and heavy weapons expert so he probably did know when it was gonna blow up like he's just like all right it's your standard gunship explosion all right it's gonna blow up uh now while this is happening uh a bunch of battle droids who did shoot them down they show up rex is like all right you know we're gonna do cover Standard cover, we're going to do this. And they're like, nah, you watch this. And the Bad Batch just, like, destroys all of these battle droids in, like, an instant. Like, Wrecker does this cool thing where he takes, like, a piece of the gunship and uses it as a shield while the yep. others are firing behind it. Like, you know, uh, it's crosshairs bouncing shots off of things. It's like, wow, these guys are good. You can see why they were brought in. They're clearly not just a for-show unit. These guys are the vibe, man. They are... They are what's up. They kill like 50 droids. I think it's like 50 or a little over 50 droids in like, what, two minutes? Yeah, it felt like it was like no time at all. After this, we then go back to the squad and they're discussing their next steps and they need to protect Cody as well as continue. So they're figuring out like, OK, we're going to have an evac come and get Cody. We're going to we're going to continue where we're going to be going. And Crosshair begins to cause problems uh, within the group, as is crosshair being crosshair yep because you understand crosshair like he's like i like working with cody like i know cody i don't know you and that's the big thing is it's like they these guys are not the typical follow your orders clones like if this is a normal squad they'd be like yes sir yes sir captain rex we're with you hunter has to step in and like basically rein in his men he's like hey guys listen he's in charge of us to, on this mission you know be, be nice to him yeah, it, I just my I have a lot of takes on Crosshair and having already now watched some of the Bad Batch itself, the actual show, like. I got so many hot takes on this your, guy, your your thoughts right. are justified, that's all I'm going to say for the audience. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'll curse this guy out. Fucking <laughs> anyway. So the next morning they start to sneak up to uh, the outpost, you know, step one in their journey to figuring out what's going on with this battle sequence. And Rex says he wants to try, try it, you know, not his normal way. He wants to try it their way, rushing head on and taking the outpost down quickly. And it's, it's really, it's a really well done sequence because I, I pointed this out to you. If you watch the sequence back, there is no 
you know, John Williams style music for this entire battle. It's just straight up combat, but it's done in a way that you don't notice because of the, the sound mixing on the episode is just so well done. It's just, just pure combat, but in the best possible way. Yeah. It's it, the combat is the music. Exactly. Yes. So they get in, they take over the outpost and they find out that there's actually, uh, another group of droids that are on their way. And they realize, oh, you know, how are we going to do this? But it turns out that they're, they're actually really good at working together. Rex and his team, are, it's like Cody never left. They're just, yeah. they're, the, you know, the, the, the regs and the, the regs and the, and the Bad Batch are working together, and it seems to be going really well. So they can see the actual giant outpost now from this mini outpost thing. And by just taking over this one building very quickly, it, it was really cool to see because also you have Rex who's kind of embracing them now. He's he's almost embracing their whole like run in and go, like run and gun kind of, you know, style rather than like camping. And yeah. I think they also like that. Like at least at least I think Hunter likes that. I think Hunter he's, is recognizing He's open that. to their way of doing things, which is definitely not something that they're probably used to when they work with regular clones because they say yeah. we don't work well with regs. It's because the regs are not flexible. But you got to remember who we're talking about. We're talking about Captain Rex, who is used to dealing with Anakin Skywalker, the most unconventional Jedi in the galaxy, who does all this shit all the time. Hell, in one of his first missions, he throws Rex off a goddamn tower. <laughs> let's let's take that unconventional thing and all that. Let's uh let's replace that with unstable, unhinged. Because yeah. Anakin Skywalker is all of that's that. A, that's a great word for it, actually. You're kind of right. So they head over to the other outpost, they take it over, no problem. And the way they work together now is with Rex is just really coordinated. Like he is in he's in it with them. So Rex ends up going into the main outpost with tech. They kind of want to find out like what's this algorithm that they're using. Yep. You know, what what is this thing? Except what they find instead is a live signal from Skako Minor, which is another planet. As the rest of the group is now outside defending their position, Tech and Rex end up listening to the signal and they can hear a voice almost. And it's saying something and they kind of clear the signal up and they hear CT1409 being said over and over and over and over and over an again. Echo, in a clone's if voice. you will. As they retreat, the leader of the Separatists group finds out that they infiltrated the signal. It's uh, I, I love the name of this base, by the way. It's not it's not an it's called the Cyber Center, which is such a yeah. such a 70s name for, the, for this facility. Yeah. Welcome to Star Wars. Yeah, they've entered the Cyber Center. So Tech ends up asking Rex, what does this number mean? And Rex says that it's Echo's number. Like his clone number, batch number, whatever. And now he's just 100 percent convinced that echoes alive like there's no there's no other way why would why would someone else be saying a clone's number and it's very specific too it's very specific number he already had the idea of echo from you know the plans the the battle plans that he came up with him so he's like 
already got that mindset, and now it's the pieces like this have lined up, man. He knows yeah. he's got it. He's in, and that's the perfect spot to end episode one, and then it immediately jumps in to episode two, and it's called a distant echo. Damn, play on right? words. Wow, wow. Who would have thought? And the lesson from this one is the search for truth begins with belief. So we're back at uh, the main command post base. And uh, Rex is talking to Anakin. Anakin says, you know what? I think the the mission to rescue Echo is going to get approved. Uh, And Rex, that that fills him with belief. He's like, all right, yep, that's great. And then Anakin goes, but before we do that, we got this thing to take care of. And Rex is like, no, we don't have time for that thing. And he goes, oh, we absolutely have time for that thing. And Rex sighs. Hunter's standing there, and he's just like, uh... Yeah, Hunter... You regs are weird. These guys guys are all fucking fucking weird. And he's like, like, Rex just sighs and hands him his helmet. And Anakin goes into uh, their barracks bunker. And this is the juiciest part of the whole sequence. I'm not going to lie to you. The implications of this, we're probably going to spend a little bit on this. So, buckle up. Oh, yeah, totally. So Anakin ends up meeting with Padme. Uh, hologram, of course. Yeah, via, via Zoom. Via space Zoom. Uh, she tells him that they need her in the Senate just as much as, you know, they need him in the front lines. And they're kind of, you know, talking about how he's late as per usual. Yep. He misses her. The usual relationship usual stuff. Usual banter. When you're, you know... We're, yeah, she's working from home. He's, you know, he's... He had to go into out. work. You know, the boss is not being understanding, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Naturally, Obi-Wan just shows up because that's what he does, especially in these times. Uh, every time, worst time for Anakin. He shows up to ruin their chat. Uh, Rex sees him and is, like, trying to stall him, of course. It's just, it's very funny. He's like, oh, he's spot checking my gear. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, without you? Obi-Wan, he goes with it. He goes along with it. And then as Anakin, yep. you know, he throws Rex's helmet back. Like, oh, see, I fixed it for you, buddy. Don't worry. And as he's walking away, Obi-Wan Kenobi drops the biggest line of the Clone Wars. He says, will you at least tell Padme I said hello? He just turns and kind of just looks at him. And then Anakin's just like, doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word. But like, think about that. Obi-Wan knows he's communicating with Padme. You understand the timeline on this. In the shot of the hologram, Padme is holding her stomach. She is currently pregnant in that shot. Yep. Yep. This is like, like, it's got to be weeks before episode three. Like this is, it's happening soon. Oh yeah. If not oh, yeah, sooner. Totally. And it's like, Obi-Wan has known this whole time that he's been communicating with, with Padme. Like, just how close was he to uncovering their, their secret love? I mean, I think he knew. I think he knew, because, like, in episode three, he's like, Anakin's the father, isn't he? He's like, just kind of calls him. Yeah. Like, he knows. But like, but, like, he never wanted to admit it to himself because he believes Anakin to be a Jedi first. You know? Obi-Wan... We see him make the, the choice with Duchess Satine. You know, he made the choice to choose the Jedi over his love. And he's hoping that the apple will not fall far from the tree and Anakin will choose Jedi and duty over love. He doesn't, clearly. But it's like, 
how close wa- were we to getting that confrontation? There is a cut uh, dialogue from uh, episode three where he says, basically, he throws it all out there with Padme, like, oh, I knew all along, but I didn't want to admit it. There's a, you can find the whole list on, I'm not going to read the full quote, but it's like, damn, more and more, it's like this fucking close to knowing, to having it all out there. Like, the galaxy was, like, this close to being okay. Well, I mean, he could have gotten kicked out and then not have liked that. Here's the thing. I think, honestly, if Anakin had gotten expelled from the Jedi Order, if Anakin had just gotten expelled, I don't think he turns to the dark side. I think he's pissed. I think he's angry about it, but I don't think he turns to the dark side. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like, I I feel like he'd be even more vulnerable, though like without the protection of the Jedi order. He could have fallen faster if that makes sense. I see I disagree with you. I think that uh him being out in the open means that he can just spend all the time he wants with Padme and just being with her. He doesn't have to pretend that he's, you know, this this other person. He can be himself. He can be okay. the woman the, the man who loves this woman. Plus at the same time, uh we see Ahsoka Tano in later episodes of Clone Wars where she's yep. still serving the Republic as a civilian contractor and Anakin could totally yeah. still be doing that if he wanted to. True. True. I, I, totally I just You're think right. that because like the, the big part of him, you know, being the way he was is that he, he thought he had to keep this a secret from everyone. Otherwise, he'd lose everything. Well, yeah. if he loses being a Jedi, I don't see, I don't know if he'd fall. I really don't. Cause I think he would, I think the fatherhood thing kind of, kind of set him off a little bit and be, uh, you know, in episode three being like, I have more responsibility this way. Cause he's happy about the kids. Yeah. But you know, maybe that's, that's just one of those questions. I guess we'll never have the answer to. He's just a different breed of Jedi. He is kind of like, you know, these different breed of clones. Ah! Got him. Before Obi-Wan can dive into more, uh, questioning. They conveniently get on their shuttle and head to Skako Minor, which is where the signal that they picked up from Echo was originating. Anakin wants to know more about the Bad Batch. He wants to learn about them and their missions, and he wants to know, like, who's in charge of them, because they're just such a weird uh, outfit. And he goes, I'm going to be honest, sir, we don't really report to anyone. Which I'm like, that's A-Team vibes going off in my head anyways. Yep. But yeah. like, it's such a weird, it must, it must just be like, I don't know, you, you, you put in a, a request form for these clone troopers and they just show up, I'd submit an invoice. Probably. Yeah. They're, that's the thing is though, they have nobody. There is not a Jedi that like is in charge of their group. There's not anybody. No. They just, you know, somebody just sends them like a DoorDash to show up and they just show up. With guns blazing. They get an Uber request. Bring take down Separatist holdout here. <laughs> they they show up. The, the 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 reg clone commander gives them like three stars because they did the job right, but like half of their equipment got blown up. <laughs> yes. yes, which is that's where the animosity is. Is like like Crosshair is just a really dedicated Uber driver, and he just keeps getting bad fares, and he's like, "This is not fair to that's me." Funny. That's funny. That's good. I like that. That's good. So they, they get to the planet, and the landing is pretty rocky. You know, they don't land the best way. They, they, they don't crash, but they don't not crash, you know? 
They they land and planet has a real a lot of like atmospheric issues. Yes, and they're actually approached by uh, the locals, um, the Polotex, and they ride giant bats. Yeah, they they call them reptiles. I don't. They're not. They're bats. They're bats. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're giant creatures, and they are uh, they're considered primitive by like you know normal st- average standards. Yeah, I'd say like Republic standards. Yeah, Republic, like like their their standard level of like these, you know, like nah, these guys aren't totally right, but it's like ah, they're still pretty good. Yeah, you know they, they, they we'll see later. They they end up you know doing their business. They end up getting into like a small skirmish. It's more of like a misunderstanding, if anything. But they attack first to ask questions later, kind yep. of situation. And Anakin ends up getting taken away, and it gets like you know grabbed by a giant bat uh he's trying to help rex he, he wants to protect rex and so he gets he gets caught and hunter ends up following while holding on to a grappling hook like on the leg and he's just like flying with it and i'm like jeez what the fuck these guys are nuts um and so he ends up like letting go landing on like a ledge and he can now oversee the whole village which is in like a crater yep so there's that uh but he can see it and then he's like hey pinpoint on my location and then it's easy they can just easily find him and then they all meet up right there yep and the the politex you know they're they're in their village uh you you wrote in the notes like they sound like they're underwater and you're right they just have yeah, like they're that. real dude they're strange they're like very strange it sounds like they're underwater but also speaking backwards at the same time yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of i'm wondering what because star wars is a great uh they have a great habit of like taking earth languages and that people aren't necessarily familiar with and like blending them. So I'm wondering what the, uh, what the, the origins of, of their, of their dialect is from. I'd be very curious to see if somebody knew what they're pulling from. That'd be kind of cool. They, they live in a crater, like you said, uh, and there's huge rocks on the edge, which gives the bad batch an idea to cause a rock slide as a distraction. They get down there. There's no loss of life. They manage to disarm the locals and free Anakin. And Tech, we get to see his special talent. It's great. It's like a showcase every episode. Like, yeah. what can you do? Tech is yeah. smart. He's able to translate for them. And uh, the leader says that he doesn't want war to come to the planet. And, you know, he sees Anakin arriving. He's heard about the war. And, he, you know, they got concerned. So they thought to strike first to be able to prove to the Separatists that they weren't, you know, siding with their enemies. Mm-hmm. And Anakin explains that they didn't bring the war that it was Wat Tambor and the Separatists. Wat Tambor of the Techno Union, who has that really fun uh, turntable on his nipples. <laughs> the leader agrees to help them up until a certain point. You know, he will, he'll guide them to the facility to help their friend, but he doesn't want to engage in combat. He doesn't want to risk his people in a fight. Yeah. So now we see Tambor speaking to Admiral Trench, who was the leader of the Separatist group that was on the other planet that was talking to those droids in that uh, little valley that they crashed in. Admiral Trench, by the way, we thought was dead at the beginning of the Clone Wars, uh, came back to life, uh, fought against Anakin, Anakin kicked his ass, and that's why he's like half robo-spider. Yeah, terrifying. I hate spiders. Don't, like, I, I hate this guy um what's really funny too is tambor i kind of think he looks like has anybody ever seen back to the future i hope you guys have uh but when marty spoiler alert when marty goes back in time and tries to go uh 
see his dad and all that. He he um puts headphones on. He's like, I am Darth Vader from Planet Vulcan. He uh he's wearing this like you know uh, hazmat radioactive suit. And I as soon as I saw Tambor, I was like, Oh hey, look, it's Marty McFly. It, it does it does kind of look like that, yeah. And so Admiral Trench says that the clones have traced the algorithm in air quotes there. And Tambor says that the techno union has corporate neutrality. And so there's no way that the Republic is going to show up, touch their property, any of that shit. And then Trench is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. They're going <laughs> to show up, bro. Like, they, they're fucking coming for you, man. No, 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 no. It's, it's so funny because it's like, what Tambor, we fucking, Obi-Wan Kenobi fucking saw you at Geonosis saying you are joining the Separatists. Like, he saw the banking clan do this. He saw the, 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 the techno union, the miners guild. It's like, dude. He's got receipts. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the, the, the fact that they're all, like, trying to pretend that they don't, that they're not, that they're all neutral. It's like, no, guys, come on. We, we know, no. we know you're bad. So, of course, uh, you know, Trench is disagreeing. And then we instantly cut to the squad showing up to the city. Yes. <laughs> and they're right there. But, of course, Tech can't find Echo's signal now. And it was coming from the city, but now it's just disappeared. So they're like, is it atmospheric interference? What is it? Yep. Doesn't they, they, they don't understand. They're they worried that Echo might have been killed. Yeah. They're also speculating if Echo was even alive to begin with. And Rex, of course, is adamant about it. And yet again, Crosshair is being Crosshair. Being old dick. And he instigates a fight. Because fuck this guy. Anakin ends up, you know, breaking the fight up, ends the fight, and speaks with Rex. And he tells him, you know, he needs to prepare himself for the fact that maybe Echo isn't alive. And, you know, you need to at least be able to process and have your yeah. expectations set. You need to have proper expectations to know like, Hey, it shows Anakin. Anakin is more of a, he's, he, I always say Anakin was a, was a person first, a Jedi second, because he's, yeah, he's taking comfort for, you know, a lot of Jedi, not that Jedi are rude to their clones or like they're, but they're, they're distant, which is the nature of Jedi of the Jedi order is that they're not, they don't form attachments or not supposed to. Yeah. So like they have good working. It's like, it's like your buddy you work with at the office, right? Like you're he's not your friend, but he's like your work acquaintance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you like I have friends co- that I work with though. So you're cordial with them, but you're you? not you're not Well, I work from home, yeah. but my work friends are my dogs, and I definitely do not I'm not cordial with them at all. So <laughs> So so you can see Anakin just being more understanding with Rex being like, "Hey, you got to mentally prepare yourself for the fact that this might not be what yeah. you're hoping for but rex is undeterred rex is like nah man he's good yeah. he's alive there's no way he's not yeah. yeah so they make their way up into the city uh via an elevator and as soon as they get into the city uh tech suddenly regains echo's signal and <laughs> anakin's like remember guys this is a stealth mission <laughs> to which wrecker's immediately like nah <laughs> he just immediately starts throwing hands he just starts shooting at stuff they fight their way through the tower very loudly. You know, they find out uh, the, the signal is only found when the data is being transmitted. When, when someone is plugging in to Echo to, like, drain him of his brain juices. Ew. Yeah. Anytime they're sending a signal for information, Tech figures, okay, that's when, 
that's when it's happening. Yep. That's when I can find the signal. I guess they're sending info. I guess, yeah. So they so they end up splitting up to go through the tower. Uh, the squad comes across a room where the signal is coming from. And then Watt Tambor actually calls them out on screen, like on, on a, the hollow screen. He's just like, you know, this is techno union property that you're tampering with. How dare you interfere? The typical bad guy stuff. You're not going to make it out alive. And then these battle droids show up. These weird looking battle droids, by the way. These are these are they're like very strange. They're like flying robot droids. They're like they look like B1 battle droids, but like not quite right. Like if someone hit a B1 battle droid with a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not as fat as turkeys. No, yes. like, like like the bones of a turkey. They're like, hey, the bones. Yes, yes, yes. So Tambor, you know, he tells them, hey, you guys execute them, which is so funny that they think that's going to work. Yeah. And what's weird is like, since they're still split up, Anakin and Crosshair are nowhere to be found, but Anakin ends up fighting some droids in like a server room. Yep. And he gets stuck in the room, like between two different droids. And he's about to get shot in the back. And like, he would probably have survived to a degree, but he would have gotten really like fucked up if he got shot and Crosshair saves him. So like, I'll give him one point. Like you get one point. That's it. <laughs> you um, say you saved you yeah, saved no. Anakin Skywalker, so you get a point. That's it. That's all I'll give you. That's all I'll give you. Everybody gets one. Yeah. So because they are separated, Wrecker, Hunter, they're they're trying to like survive and not get shot by all these droids. And then Anakin shows up and just destroys the droids and they they, you know, he clears a, a section of the hallway and then they're all able to like destroy him. And so as more approach, Tech and Rex end up getting into the room and we see an almost like old 1900s style like science lab, something out of like Van Helsing. I was thinking almost, Metropolis, like, like that old, that old ooh, movie yeah. from like, the 19, like okay. 1928. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good too. I actually like that more. Yeah. And we find this tube. There's like a weird looking tube. In the middle of the room. Like the stasis pod from Futurama. Yeah, it's a stasis chamber. Exactly. Fry is in there. <laughs> I don't know why they need this guy's pizza knowledge and delivery. Cracking, his, cracking a beer. Yeah. Tech's able to open it. And what we see is one of the jump scares of Star Wars. Echo just falls right out. and He's blue. He looks like a corpse. He's oh, all, he looks like, nasty. He's got, yeah. he's got, he's connected to tubes. He's got he's a robot arm. Yeah, he, he's missing his torso. He's looking like, uh. Sorry, let me rephrase you know. that. There's a lot of robot arms in Star Wars. He literally just has like a fucking, uh, USB cable yeah. for an arm. Yeah. Meat hook. He, and he also, because he's missing his torso, he now also looks like, um, fucking, what's his face? Darth Maul. Um, Darth Maul, yeah. He's got, he's like a mix of Anakin, Darth Maul. He's, he's all R2-D2. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, hey, it could be worse. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really fucked up. And he's connected to the entire room. Looking like something out of the Matrix is kind of what I, I, I take on it. He's just, I can see that, yeah. And he's reliving his final hours in the Citadel. He just keeps talking over and over again, over and over again. And Rex, while looking very relieved and happy that he was right almost looks like he wishes he wasn't because he's like oh shit yeah this is well, this is the worst scenario 
it's it's bad. I I feel bad for him because it's like, hey, you were right, but also, what the fuck? It's not great. It's not a great situation. It's like I hate being right, man. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. And so Echo ends up kind of begins to start to come to, and Rex says he's gonna take care of him and get him out of there. Yep. And then that's the end of the episode. That's the that's the the cliffhanger that we're gonna leave you guys all on. And those are the first two episodes of the introduction of the Bad Batch from Star Wars Clone Wars. Absolutely. We're going we're gonna to talk about our reactions and what we think's coming up. But before we do that, we're going to do a quick ad break. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. Yes. Now, I have two overall thoughts that I wrote down. Um, I've watched this a couple times now. I actually just recently started watching Clone Wars. Uh, I won't say for the first time. I watched a little bit of it when I was in high school and stuff, but now I'm really watching it. Uh, I have a lot of hot takes. The nice thing about doing this versus our regular programming, not that our regular programming isn't fun to do, but with this is we actually have time to analyze it because there's not a rush to keep up with like, Mm -hmm. you know, the new episodes coming out this week. We do eventually plan on doing the Bad Batch, you know, so... We're giving ourselves some time to to build it up, but like now we get to actually like sit down and watch this like three four times, and you know come yeah. up with some really fun uh, takes on it. And I think that honestly, this is a great introduction to Star Wars as a team. This is oh yeah, this is definitely they every every single one of their uh, talents and powers is able to come on full display. You know, you're not you're not sitting there going like, hmm, I wonder what his power is. It's like you get to see it. Yeah happen and i think that using uh rex and cody as and uh for a lesser extent like kicks and uh jesse it using them as like a foil to like show you know the regular clone troopers although i hate saying they're regular because like, like these are clone troopers who served under anakin so like they're already kind of used well, to weird tactics and strategies they're so. almost like a control like in an experiment yes that's a perfect way of describing yeah. them so my takes are this. Um, I think that these two episodes, they're the introduction to the Bad Batch. They're different clones. That is a hot take. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, there's clearly an advantage with having, like, differentiated skills, right? Yeah. And I think everyone has them, accepting one's differences, you know, Uh that's kind of but also even like the regs are different if that makes sense like when we look at when we look at the each group right the regs are considered different right mm-hmm. compared to the bad batch because like, like i said everybody has their differences we have the bad batch they are very different to the bad batch the regs are different they're weird yeah and i think the whole like thing where they need to accept each other's differences i think these the the first episode and i think the second episode too kind of encompasses that uh you see them accepting rex you see them already have accepted cody you see how cody has accepted them you see how they kind of inter intermingle with each other and i think like i said earlier the clones themselves almost instantly start uh disrespecting the bad batch in a way they yeah. they, they don't like them because they're different and i think you know, you have the Bad Batch not really liking regs because it's like, 
you're just a copy. You're nothing. You're not. You're not. You're not a, unique. A person. Yeah, you're we're, like we're unique. We're, we're the unique. next step in the in the yeah, the clone yeah. evolutionary chain. Exactly, and I think also episode two shows that they need to believe in the truth because that's the thing is is that's how they got there because because they wanted to seek the truth of why they were getting their asses kicked all this time. It was really cool to see Rex like I believe this is it, and I just just trust me. Yeah. I think trusting like a friend or a confidant and that kind of stuff, just do it, and and you'll find the truth, whether you're gonna like the truth or not. Because clearly, clearly they did not. I don't know if this is a great situation, but he's alive, and that's that's. I think Rex just cares about that. I yeah. I think I think the most important fact is that his his brother is alive. Yeah. You know, we, we, we find out is is alive is a, is a, uh, relative term. Sure. He has cells that are, uh, <laughs> regenerating. We'll go with that. Part of him is alive, I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah. In, yeah, in yeah, the way yeah. that the people in the matrix are alive as batteries. Mm-hmm. And I think also one could think that the bad batch, you know, we talk about uniqueness. I kind of feel like the bad batch may see themselves as better than regs because they they are unique i think they do and i think i think the fact that they're independent they answer to no one makes them arrogant Mm -hmm. not necessarily Mm -hmm. in a bad way but like i think it gives them an sense of entitlement that they don't need to listen to authority and rules because clearly crosshair you know i'm still confused how they don't know who they answer to that's a that's a strange i i honestly when i when i saw that i thought that meant that they were going to be like like Palpatine's personal like clone squad. That's what I got from yeah. it. Cause like, if you look at the way their armor is designed, like it's all black and red. Um, uh, Hunter himself even has like an early prototype, like stormtrooper helmet. So I was like, Oh, these guys, like I thought that's what the bad batch show was going to be about. Was that these guys serving the empire as like his personal, like attack squad. But clearly mm-hmm. they, they didn't want to do that. They went a different direction with it, which, you know, I, would argue is a better direction but and i think even though most clones end up developing some sort of uniqueness due to an environmental influence these guys also see themselves as a little bit higher up because they also have a genetic influence like the nature versus nurture thing when we talk about clone wars and we talk about clones that's always going to come up the nature versus nurture thing for specific clones i think these guys have they to them they see they have it both ways like they have both worlds better than regular clones so i can see why they are arrogant the only one that i can see who i don't understand why they're arrogant is fucking crosshair because any damn clone can be a marksman no okay? but he's really clone... good at it he's really good cool story bro i feel like any of these clones could like shoot a mirror and have it go like no, but I he's just, like I really don't... good at it. You don't understand. He's so good at that one thing. <laughs> that one thing. Oh my god! Like no, no I'm sorry. I take it back. Actually, he has two powers. He has the power of incredible marksmanship and accuracy, and the incredible power to be an asshole. He is just yeah, the biggest dick Rick. in the Star Wars universe for whatever reason. He's just just a jerk. A meanie. I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. Meanie Bobini. Don't like him. He is he is quite rude, but you know what? Damn it, he gets results. I think, honestly, this like I said before, I think, yeah, I think 
this was a great introduction episode to them. Uh, I think you got to remember too that this is like an episode of or a, a pod of episodes that wasn't even going to get released. This was part of the 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 season that was canceled under Luke under Disney when they when they acquired Lucasfilm, and we actually got like bits of this episode way way back. Someone just someone at Lucasfilm just released the unfinished episodes, so you can go find the original versions of a lot of this stuff uh, just floating on the internet. And it's kind of weird to see the differences, but I think honestly, I think they they nailed everything that they set out to do with it, and I think that they uh, use the limited time wisely. Apart from the Martez sisters, <clears throat> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later, I guess. So, as per usual, we have some quotes. Yes, the first quote is going to be from the first episode. It's going to be Cody talking to Rex in the bunker. When Rex is saying, you know, how war just takes lives, he's not happy about it, he doesn't really like it anymore, he's getting emotional about losing people. And Cody says to him, yeah, regular folk don't understand. Sometimes in war, it's hard to be the one that survives. The survivor guilt thing, that's, it's addressed right away, and I think that's a thing soldiers in general go through. I know anybody goes through it really i mean when, when you lose somebody you have survivor's guilt a lot of the times you're like why why, why am did, I still why did here? you go and i lived like what was what why was why is time still going on for me right now i'm experiencing all these things like it's been days it's been months years whatever and that person doesn't get to they're not here anymore and i think that to address that to a soldier again we're talking about the, how this is a kid show like this is this is some real life shit. Yeah, like is, that quote right there. It's we're like we're learning whoa. PTSD and survivor's guilt on the same network that has uh, my gym partner is a monkey. <laughs> but yeah, this quote, I, it, it stuck with me just just because, you know, we've lost some people in the last couple of years, uh, quite more than than I think a lot of people have in, in, in a normal sense. Um, we've lost some some celebrities that a lot of us are big fans of and stuff. And so like, I just think that, you know, people that have influenced us, you know, all that. I I think this quote, it hits the nail on the head, I think right away. Yeah. Uh, Another quote that we wanted to bring up was when Anakin tells Padme that he's worried Rex is letting his personal feelings drive him too much on this mission. And Padme calls him out and saying, I wonder where he learned that you've known Rex a long time. When you throw caution to the wind and take chances, where is he? And Anakin says, right beside me. It shows the growth of Rex as an individual, not as a clone. He, you know, goes along with Anakin's crazy schemes and is always willing to back him up no matter what. That's why Anakin feels like he, he, he owes it to Rex to, you know, follow through on this, this foolish mission. I mean, come on, there's no way we saw... He's, you gotta remember, Anakin saw Echo die. They all saw him die in the Citadel. I would have thought, you know, we all thought he was dead because of the explosion. I, I mean, usually explosions do that sort yeah. of thing to people, so... Listen, his helmet landed um, nearby smoking and cracked. Like, that's Cinema 101 for that person is dead. But also, yeah. this is Star Wars, so unless you see a body, they're not dead. Yeah. We're not gonna get into the Padme quote. We've already talked about that one. But the next one is very funny. It's when they are about to infiltrate the city 
before Crosshair becomes a dick again, <laughs> we we talk about heights because they have to go really high up, but they're already really high up. And it's really funny because when, when somebody says, oh, I hope nobody's scared of heights, the Bad Batch all just turn and look at Wrecker. Immediately. And he's just like, uh, uh, I'm not scared of nothing. I just, when I'm up real high, I have a problem with gravity. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. You know, the, the, the giant wrecking ball is very, you know, goofy and clumsy. He's a, he's a yeah. cuddle bug, man. He's so, yeah, he's so great. fun. But yeah, he, he's a great, he's a great character. I, I think he might be one of my favorite Bad Batch members. I feel like that's a lot of people. Um, Wrecker's yeah. a fan favorite to be sure. He's, oh yeah, he's got, he's got the, he's just, a, he's just a big, big, dumb, big, dumb puppy dog. I mean, I mean, even when, even when they were like, like crashing in the first episode, he's I mean, like laughing. He's like, he's like oh, we're going down. Woo-hoo! Like he's, he's loving it. It's like, how many crashes so. has he lived through? Do you think? Like in his, in, I mean, he's, his eye is fucked up. Like he has half his face is kind of fucked up. So I, I can't remember if that's explained how he lost his eye, but like, I want to, I'd want to believe that it's, he blew his own face off doing demolitions. God. That sounds like something that Wrecker would do and just be like, Oh no. And why was that never replaced? There, they have cybernetics. Why was he? Why did he never get? He probably just thinks it looks cool. You know what? That's exactly what it is. Wrecker I mean, remember they're all about cool. their like introduction, their entrance. They think like that's they're like it makes him look tough and like, scary, even though he's a ju- yeah. even though he has a fucking teddy bear on the ship that he likes to cuddle. Yeah. And then the next quote is, of course, Crosshair. He says, "Uh, bes- it's Crosshair being a dickhead, just saying. Besides, he's just another reg." Just, that's what drives Rex to go want to fuck him up. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Reinforces it, man. He's just another reg. They don't see clones as people. They're no. like, whatever. Like, I'm a person. Fuck those guys. And that's the thing. Clones are, I mean, if you think about it, clones are essentially kind of like the droids, right? They, they, they're just indisposable units. Yep. And, and, and. Crosshair's a piece of shit, and it really shows that how he does not, you know, see. You gotta, you gotta think about it from his perspective. You know, clones. There's uh, millions of them, but there's only one bad batch. So he probably feels yeah. like he's special. He's not a clone. Oh yeah, totally. He's a special thing. He's his own person, and mm-hmm. I think that's what sets him. What he feels sets him apart. And yeah. you know, he's. He, the, 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 I think over the course of this mission, it, his worldview gets shifted by a lot, seeing Rex and Anakin not treating him like an outcast or like just tr- not, not being regular clone troopers, like going like, oh, wow, these guys are different. These guys are definitely built yeah. different. Yeah. The other quote that we want to talk about is Watt Tambor when he says, uh, your friend is dead. His mind is ours. And, and that's before they get into that room. That's when he's like telling them like they're going to die. Like that's yeah. before. He's just like, he's just like gloating that he's killed, you know, this clone trooper. And that it, it didn't even mean anything to him. Evil machinations of Wat Tambor. I love, I fucking love Wat Tambor because he's so dumb. But also <laughs> he's just like, like the separatist. They literally like Palpatine went on and said, where you know who are the dumbest, most evil-looking creatures that I can find in the galaxy? 
Oh, they're all from big business? Interesting. Add them to my cart. <laughs> well, one of the things about this quote that I thought was really interesting was it it reinforces exactly what Rex was saying. He's not in the room yet. He doesn't even know, like, he, he's got hope. He doesn't even know that Echo's alive. He's got the hope that he is. Yep. And they're not even in the room. And it's when he's like, I'm going to execute you and blah, blah, blah. Your friend's dead. His mind is ours. That just, you could tell, like, he's got his helmet on, but you can see, like, Mando style, you know? Like, yeah. body language being like, holy shit, <laughs> I was right. Like, I'm going, like, go, go, let's go. Like, it almost, like, makes him have more drive to go save Echo, which I thought, I just thought that was really fucking cool. I, I really like that, yeah. The next quote is from Hunter, actually, before they go in the room. Right before he goes in the room, Hunter looks at Rex and says, I hope you find what you're looking for, Captain. I liked that. I thought that was really respectful. I thought that was one of those things where, you know, he was arguing with him earlier saying he even said with the, with crosshair, he was saying like, I don't know, maybe this could be a trap. I don't know yep. if this guy's alive, yeah. but he even says, he's like, he respects him enough to say, Hey, I, 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 I hope, I him. hope he's like, and that shows that like the way he says that it's more just like, I care about you without saying I care about you. Like, you know, yeah. Hunter yeah. couldn't give a shit. This is just another mission to rescue a clone, but he knows that this will affect Rex, who he has come to learn to respect. And he's like, I don't want I don't want my my new friend to be upset with what could exactly. potentially be his dead buddy. And the final quote that we have for you today is when we get dear, dear sweet boy Echo out of the echo chamber, if you will, lays him down and he said and he says, Rex. You came back for me. And Rex just responds, yes. Yes, I did. That's brotherly love right there. Well, also, you know, he knew he died at the Citadel. At least the Citadel was like the last real thing he really remembered. And he was reliving that moment. And and in his mind, you know, nobody was coming back for him. That was it. No, that was. And now here they are. Here he is. His friend, you know, his, 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 his brother is back to save him. So, final thoughts. I think we've said it multiple times already. We're just repeating it now. But, yeah, I I like these first two episodes. I think it was a great introduction of a group of people that were unique. I think it touched upon a lot of really cool stuff. And and that question of the nature versus nurture thing with clones, I think it was obviously, like, a very huge example of it. Um, And I, I enjoyed how each one was like, it's almost like Power Rangers. They all have like their each, you know, kind of thing, you know? Their their life lesson. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like tech is, you know, kind of like Billy. If that, for I'm a huge Power Ranger nerd. I don't know if anybody can tell. I got a bunch of stuff here, but it's kind of cool. They're they're a squad and they're very unique. They each have their own facets that make them a team. They don't all have, share the same thing and it's just like whatever, same thing. They are, an individual unit, and and I I I like it. I think it's kind of cool. I thought that was a really cool thing. And of course, obviously, the whole Anakin Padme thing with Obi Wan was like, whoa, yeah, that, that was, was that was. I see that wild. shit popping up online all the time. I mean, it's just insane. It really is the biggest part of the episode, but it's buried under all this other, like, really powerful, interesting stuff. Yep. And I just I freaking love it, man. I think it's I think it's a great way to 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 set the stakes and set the tone. 
And with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your beautiful audio content. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you on the next one. See, I can do the narrator voice too.